0: It's now time for the Monday Breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch
1: Lewis.
2: It's no surprise that wherever the blue and gold goes, success follows at First Light Racing. Two of the best in the business and they also happen to share the same hairstyle. Long hair is back. Man buns mean more winners. I speak of Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. I'll start with you, Dean Watling. Hello to you, my friend.
3: Oh, good morning, Milo. It's always a pleasure to chat to you and Mitchie Lewis on a Monday morning, but lots to cover. Massive weekend as we sort of start to really rev up the things for the Autumn Carnival.
2: Uh, well, the South East superstar himself, Mitch Lewis, late call up. I know Mickey Gannon got um, well, pulled out, but um, hello and good morning to you. You're
1: looking sharp this morning. Morning, Milo. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I've got um, got some of your mate's gear on here, so good gear. And Dino, hope you're going well. Hope you had a good weekend. I do apologize for Gareth Hall not being here. I got a text yesterday at about five o'clock.
2: Now, the rumor mill is circling. Apparently, he got caught caught illegally racing camels in Saudi Arabia. (laughs) They've held him over for an extra two Uh, days uh, until he gets released. (laughs) Anything is possible with G-Man. Was there any chance of him being here for Monday morning? There was zero chance. He should have just let me know last week and said, mate, Come on, you can just do the Monday and I'll I'll get another <laughs> flight back. But his flight has been delayed. But anyway, that's what we do. Hey, um, I want to get straight into Caulfield if we can. Uh, um, before we get too deep, I had a good chat to Tom Haylock yesterday uh, on the Sunday show uh, in regards to the track, the tempo here, Dino. And it's an interesting one for Caulfield because probably to the naked eye, you, you would have thought that the, the track probably favoured leaders.
3: Yeah, you probably would. Um, I think the first couple of races, but we can always sort of go off really early. I think the first race, they absolutely crawled to the 600 meter mark, which made it maybe look like it was a leaders bias track. But then you look out throughout the day, there's been really strong tempos across the board in a lot of races. Um... It's tricky. We've got to understand that fast tracks inside means that horses up on speed are more often than not going to be favoured. You need a bias or a, to be against those horses up on speed for something to close over the top. Tempos generally evens it out. Um, but in saying that, a tempo is really fickle where if you go really hard, um, sometimes you can make it impossible to run on. So it's really fickle to run on. That's why we tend to bet, Mitchy on horses that are up on speed because you know where you're going to be. More often than not, tracks suit it. And we saw it in Sydney as well.
1: Yeah, I think from my point of view, when I went and had a look at the numbers last night, it's maybe deceiving to the eye exactly what it was like. So um, I only had two genuine leaders at the 600s were the winners. Uh, Dunkel and Sassy Boone were close, but they were the first four races. Outside of that, you um, you you know you didn't have to be leading. It was sort of 1.3 Q man, 0.8 revolutionary miss. And then from a lane sense, um, two and three were the sweet spot There was Three wins out of lane two and four out of lane three. So, you know, lane one on the rail, leading wasn't necessarily the spot to be. I think we just got soldered a little bit early in the meeting with how those first four races were.
2: Let's start with Mr Brightside in the futurity. Here's what happened.
0: Buffalo River as they reach the 250 starting to paddle. Mr. Brightside is eating up the ground now, and Mr. Brightside goes to Buffalo River. Pericles a length and a half off Mr. Brightside, but it's Mr. Brightside clear, and he's going to rack up another one. Mr. Brightside, one from Pericles, Buffalo River, Dom to shoot.
2: Mr. Brightside again. does it again. Um, look, at the 600, you, you might have asked the question from, from really looking at the horse closely. I, And I was there with Tommy saying, is he getting shaken up here nice and early? I want to run through this with you. Let's go back to the futurity in 2023, right? So from the futurity in 2023, before that was the CFO, where the horse ran fifth to Jack and Owen, Gentleman Roy. Let's go to the futurity. Second in the futurity behind Alligator Blood, um, that's Feb 23. Went on to win the All-Star Mile then went and won the Doncaster on the 1st of April Group 1. After that, came back and won the uh, Lawrence Stakes Group 2, won the Memsie Group 1 the start after that, then won the Maccabi Diva Group 1 the start after that, came back, ran second in the King Charles, second in the Cox Plate, second in the Cantala, and then went Group 1 or win, Futurity Group 1 win. Try and stack a, a run of starts like that together together uh, For any other horse and you go genuine champion, superstar of the game, Dean Watling.
3: Yep. Uh, I think sometimes we forget what we have until they're gone. I think he's probably the perfect example of that. I think you go down as a champion, you look at that CV when you really reflect and go back, which we don't often do until sort of horses retire in racing, but he's been an absolute marvel. Um, I love his tactical versatility we saw it again on the weekend go forward go back tempo on tempo off and he just knuckles down I think that's the tenacity and that's the attributes that all champions have that will to win um, which you cannot train into a horse it's either born with or not uh, or not um, but yeah he will go down as a champion I think the chat probably isn't there yet about it but I think it will start to build um, from this campaign on Michi.
1: Yeah, I think, what was the stat that came out? So, they the fifth or sixth highest earner in Australian racing Mm -hmm. now. So, it's not far off, isn't it? You know, if you win another All-Star mile, you might even sneak into a top three. That champion status is a little bit hard to deny, isn't it? But I'll tell you one thing out of this race. Like, he he was going to be too good, but I really liked the run of Buffalo River and the ride. So... I think sometimes when these horses come up, say, against the Mr. Brightside, you've got to do whatever you can to sort of win. Mm. And that ride gave me Buffalo River his best opportunity, like putting him to the sword. If he had drawn a better barrier and had an easier run early in the race, he he might have run away with it. So I, I like it when they do that. You've got to try something when you've got a champion like Mr. Brightside in there with you. Um, and even though you know she's held, he's held on for third, I really enjoyed it. Dina?
3: Yeah, I think it's it'd be flattering to the sense that you've got to change it up because of how good he is. But at the same time, it'd be starting to get really annoying with the connections and the training setup that they're doing all this sort of stuff. I think 400 meter gets away with it. I think the, the nervous thing for Brightside is uh, a Jenny that's going to sort of do the same thing over 1,600 metres where you've got that extra furlong to be able to probably set up that brutal tempo. I think that's the only
2: way he gets beat this preparation, Milo. Oh, I can't. I just, I'm just i trying to think. That's five group ones and an all-star mile in bang on 12 months. Yep. like that's yeah. sta- like staggering. He's two Doncasters. I think that's the, the most underrated
3: stat to be able to do that with a top weight and win two Doncasters. He's uh, yeah,
2: absolutely oh, staggering. Um, where, uh where how long can he keep doing this? Yeah, it's a good question. I think yeah, probably our
3: ranks are, are limited at the minute, um, which probably takes away from these wins a, a touch in some people's minds. But I think he can just keep going on. I think he's come back terrific this preparation. They were so sort of adamant. JD was on the program two weeks ago, and they said they've left plenty in the tank for Lady in the prep. Um, he sort of had a big spring carnival, which was my concern. And he probably had every possible chance to be flat there second up off a really brutally run first up race when he was giving him a race fitness. So where to next? Um, I'm sure the team has it all planned out and Gareth probably knows and everyone probably knows, but um, I think he just keeps turning up and doing it. And it'd be a surprise. He probably hasn't had the races run to suit these first two starts. So imagine when he gets the perfect setup, he could just absolutely well, blow him away.
2: Well, do they do the same as they did last year? All-star mile into the Doncaster. That's what he did. He won both. He's even money uh, at the moment in the All-star mm-hmm. mile.
3: I think he goes to all summer mile for sure. I don't know if he'll go to the Doncaster purely on weights. You probably get weighted out of it. But in saying that, um, I think there's plenty of other options you can do. Or maybe if they want a little light on autumn and
2: attack a cox plate, maybe that's the the long time. He's gonna go to Queen Elizabeth.
3: Yes, yeah, he's two. Yeah. He is yeah. two, Mitchy.
2: Hey, uh, super win from him. Uh but I, I really do think uh the, the the let's say shock win to be fair of the day was Q man winning the Oakley plate.
0: Q-Man's getting closer on the outside. Kings Gambit runs up behind them, just needs an out. Q-Man up to Hypothetical. Then Kings Gambit recommendation and Kalos right down the outside. Q-Man up to Hypothetical. Their heads in unison. Q-Man. Q-Man, I think, has won it from Hypothetical. Then came a wall of... You want to talk about
2: progression uh, from a horse, you go back through this horse's stats. He's won the Oakley Plate. Before that, the W.J. Adams listed... He was uh, seventh in the G-TRA at Morfordville. He won a 90 before that, an 82, an 82, and a 76 back on the 29th of April going under the Star Hills and Legless Lady. It's a magnificent training performance, this, Mitchie Lewis. Um, The the progression, even to go from that listed Caulfield race up to the Group 1 of the Oakley Plate. um, How did you see it? And
1: first of all, did you have a bet? I didn't back him, no. I was leaning <laughs> towards Sharipa more of the two, uh, but I had him in the quaddy. So I, I thought from barrier two, he did exactly what he was going to do, go forwards. And if the track had an inkling of leader bias, um, it was going to set him up nicely. I I sort of, if you look at the tempo with this race, um, hypothetical and Q-man were allowed sort of to not go too hard. If we're looking at all benchmark stats, that was pretty hard. But if you're looking at class stats, so in group one level they were a length and a half slower than the average so they've actually been allowed to have a little bit of a break there in the first 600 before sort of running away with it up oh, it's like you said that training performance unbelievable and um, the oxlades are flying Shripper flew down as well he missed the kick and was the fastest closing splits of the day so they're absolutely flying um sa forms stacking up you know you might laugh a little bit, Miles, but you know some of these horses. Those BM82s he was competing in were pretty competitive races back at Morfaville, Like Horses like Keep Reading in those, they're reasonable level horses, and he's probably just found the right Group 1. There. there was no Group 1 winner in it. Dino, how did you see it? We've got Shane Oxlade on the show a little bit later on. I'm
2: going to have a chat to him and more so talk about the party and then how far out um, they sort of identified this race. But, um, I mean, hypothetical and Mornington Glory, we saw horses um, – Uh, other horses in the race performed probably well unders. Would that be fair to say?
3: Yeah, definitely. Probably the one that you want to talk about is Kings Gambit who got an absolute peach from gate one from Jamie Carr and, I think it just concludes that these three-year-olds, uh, 1,400 metres and under, are just uh, probably an average bunch this time of the year. Um, I think he was the last one that could probably stand up for that distance. I think 1,600 meter plus. We've got a couple of nice ones who can maybe stack up against the older horses, but I doubt we'll see a sprinting three-year-old really match it up with the older horses. And I think if you're ever going to do it, it was in the Oakley Plate on the weekend. I know it was a, a terrific win by Q-Man, but if we're going to be frank, it's probably not a vintage um, Oakley Plate overall. Um, still a terrific story, et cetera. Will I follow many of these horses out of it? Depends where they go. I think we've got to be really careful following the form out of this in the sense of into group threes or group twos or group one races. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely a couple of uh, interesting runs. Asaphora was probably one. Slow, yep. back.
2: Mm,
1: Kalos. Yeah, sure she was. as well. Asaphora yep. ran not to suit at all, did she? And she closed off a right, which we never really see her do. You normally see her go forwards. So that race was almost a forgive for her.
3: Exactly. And like, Kalos, and like, I, like I
1: touched on Sharipa out the back as well, his closing yep. splits were... Huge, and you expected him to be more forwards too.
3: So it's an interesting race. I think you mentioned it. Then Carlos was pretty poor, um, Brudenell as well. But it's going to be an interesting race to to figure the form out coming out of it. I think that's the biggest thing we've got to take out of it um, moving forward, Milo.
2: I'm look. I'll be frank. I, I don't know where to go in this. Is there a horse in this that you want to follow and take out of it?
3: No, no. That,
2: that's I think got a part.
3: Yeah, I think you've got to wait for the setup next start. I think that's the, there's nothing there that's going back me next start. Maybe um, Sharipa or Asafora are the ones, but uh, I think you've got to be careful to see where it sort of goes. From
1: it- my point of view, I think Miles and you might be the same. So I, I can see some of these heading over to Goodwood, Sangster type setups. Um, I'd have to go through and check the fields. Is Benedetta? See, Benedetta could go to the Sangster. Yeah. Charmstone's going to go to the Sangster. So I, I would imagine you'd get a similar sort of field. Over that way. Yeah. Oh, uh, It's an interesting one to try and set
2: up. I don't even want to speculate <laughs> nearly. Uh, we might even jump to our first break. Uh, we've still got uh, talk about Hayasugi in the Blue Diamond. Campanessa, revolutionary miss. We'll get right through the Caulfield card before we take a look at Rose Hill, especially straight charges win in the silver slipper. Don't forget, too, we do have Shane Oxlade on the show. Round about an hour's time as well. Also, the Monday means test and the bag of tips still to come. This is giddy Up. On your Monday morning, Miles Fitz, Nadine Watling, and Mitch Lewis joining you. We'll be back right after this.
0: Lady of Camelot at the 200 meters in front, getting a little bit weary. Corianagi, stay focused, and Hayasugi, the filly, is flying home. Lady of Camelot, Hayasugi's got it. Hayasugi's won it. Hayasugi from Lady of Camelot.
2: Welcome Coruscant. back to Giddy Up, oh. Hayasugi for Clint McDonald and Jamie Carr. Got it done in the Blue Diamond, beating Lady of Camelot. Camelot. And Kurianagi, uh for the Clark and O'Shea Yard. And these are running the fourth, followed behind Stay Focus, Fearless, Matisse, Traffic Warden, High Octane, Ruda Royale and the rest. The so Blue Diamond, I'll start with you, Mitchie Lewis. As I hope I've still got Dean Watling on there. It looks like he might have just dropped off. But um, look, managed to have a little bet on this horse. Had a bet definitely in the lead up. I mean, some people will argue it did run the fastest time of the prelude. So you sort of had to be on it probably going in. But... Um, it's sort of one that the probably the race shape sort of changed, I suppose, a little bit. Probably towards what the day was setting up.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think like what I touched on a little bit earlier, it was those. Um, I don't know why my stuff. It was the first four races that sort of flooded that, and then in the little like even Mister Brightside come off a fair um fair trip back. So obviously the hot tempo set up Hayasugi to be able to do what she did. So Lady of Camelot. Went out there unbelievably – she did an unbelievable job to hold on after those early splits, and, yeah, there's a fair few different ways you could sort of look at this. So I thought one of the key points of interest was four Phillies in the top four. I, I was sort of against the Phillies. I put my hand up. I thought that their lead-up races were a little bit softer, so I sort of thought that it wasn't going to be quite set up for them, but I was completely wrong, Dino. I don't know if you had anything else to touch on in that in particular.
3: Yeah, well, these two-year races are so fascinating. That's why I'm so big on the lead-ups because I think the lead-ups are so different to the grand, so different to the grand final. We've had the preludes, which will run to suit. Uh, we had a horse like Coleman who come out of an absolute picnic over a thousand-meter race where he sat on speed and blew him away. But then you get to a 1,200-meter grand final where you've got a full field of 17 horses, high-pressure race. Um, so it's why it's, it's always a little bit tricky to be fully against them and I know I was completely against the Phillies and they've run one, two, three, and 4 um, but maybe we just saw the, the best horses under pressure and the horses with the most experience under pressure um, come out on top I thought Coleman was disappointing High Octane was disappointing considering their runs but there was some couple of really nice runs I think you touched on a Lady of Camelot I think if she doesn't get pestered by Spywire um, she goes on to win that race but that's not taking anything away from the winner, Milo
2: yeah, I, I thought Lady Camelot was superb. Uh, what Sitting there watching it with Tommy, I mean, we thought we might hang on and then bang over the top with Hayasugi. The, the, the Philly aspect is interesting when you talk about weight relief, don't you? When, when you talk about a two kilo weight relief and you talk about horses in between, whether Colts and Phillies and you've got 57 kilos v 55 kilos, um, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure if we're ever going to see it when they're going to get the same. But I mean, the best horses we've ever ever seen have all been female horses, haven't they? Dino? Yeah, yeah,
3: it's oh. very true. Um, it's it's a funny. Dog. And obviously colts and that go off the stud. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure we will ever see it change. But one rainy day doesn't make it winter as well. So I think we'll see the 2 year olds step up. I think the boys are definitely better. I think maybe they just had the better setup there on the, on the weekend for the Blue Diamond. But um, and maybe if a Philly comes and wins the, the golden slip of the, the big stud operations will be calling for it to be even ways.
2: Mitchie, I know you've got a bit more to add here, but, um, also I want to ask you uh, what you like probably moving forward out of this race or if there was a run that you want to be on.
1: Uh, yeah, so there's probably a couple. So I thought a horse like stay focused. I thought he did a pretty good job considering the race map for him. Um, he was probably one to follow. I didn't mind Anisa. I think there's a race in her somewhere along the line. Uh, and then Coleman's the one I wanted to touch on. So I, I'm not sure that I'd completely been Coleman. I thought Ben Mellum's um, comments after the race were extremely interesting in the fact that he probably didn't handle the occasion. It's the first time he saw a, a full field, uh, and he was sort of over racing. I, I think the talents there um, he's probably going to be better for the experience out of this race. Um, and, you know, he could pluck off some sort of group race somewhere along the line again, maybe any, geez, I don't know where, as a three-year-old though, I think he's got that potential there. He's definitely a good horse. He's just had a mare of a day. It's the, it's the two-year-old
2: factor too. I mean, we try to say this when you lead in, you just never know. Some days they just yeah. decide not to turn up. I mean, and the, it's, Dean, I know you'll watch the two-year-olds more than most, um, it's not really my caper punting on two-year-olds because, I mean, even the record of favourites in this race is actually not that great over the last 10 to 12 years either.
3: Yeah, well, exposed horses, you've got a lot, of the more, a lot more of the cards laid out in front of you. Two-year-olds, there's a couple of things you're guessing, and I think you're guessing, I was guessing, High Octane was going to be suited under a high-pressure race coming off a run where he had no luck. I think the Coleman backers were sort of guessing that he's going to go to 1,200 metres and lap it up um, and, and a couple of others throughout the, the race. And I think that's what shows and that's what's so hard about these two-year-olds. But in saying that, when you get a big race like this and you get sort of 350 in the field, you do get re- uh, rewarded. So I think it's uh, proof in the pudding in the sense of I love the historical data in this. I think 20 of the last 24 winners have come through the preludes. Um, so that's the key lead up for that. If we can look at history and look at what's worked in the past, I think that's a, a terrific guide for the future, and that's what I use big in my punting. Did I get it right on the weekend? No, you can probably get it um, wrong more often than not, but I love the challenge of these 2 year They're terrific. Um, speaking of horses to, to follow out of it, guys, I think uh, it's pretty easy that I think Lady of Camelot would be the best horse to come out of this race, maybe as a two-year-old. I think as a three-year-old, we we'll see some really nice horses. Fields was great. Stay focused and knees are a couple of others, but I just thought the win or the run, sorry, of Lady Camelot was absolutely phenomenal considering the circumstances.
2: Right. Any of these um, maybe have a threat in the slipper?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I think Lady Camelot's probably the only one that might do it. She's handled the travel up and back. She's only had um, two runs this preparation, so she's still got a couple under her belt. And with that training set up, um, I think that you could definitely not discount her from a slip. I think fearless is an interesting one. I really like him as a horse. Has it come too soon? Probably. And the blue diamond, does have the best record, but any of a Mitchie, I think lady of Camelot would be the only one I could probably take into a slipper.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. on lady of Camelot in the slipper. So I think, you know, she, she's obviously down here for a reason. The other ones, the stable mates are going to be a lot harder to beat. I'd say up from that stayed in New South Wales. I, look, Hayasugi might get a similar run race if she went. That they would have a they're obviously going to have a hot tempo in that race, and if the run presents, it's pretty hard to knock what she's been able to do recently. So, apart from those two, yeah, I can't see much. I'd be surprised but- if either of them did it. I'd be leaning towards Hayasugi being the better hope, in my opinion. Well, and the markets interesting
2: with pet three six five. Of course, Stormboy three dollars, Switzerland seven dollars, Straight Charge nine, Lady of Camelot eleven, Bodyguard thirteen. Uh, Obviously was the scratching. Espionage, 13. Shangri-La Express, 13. Fully lit, 17. You've got Hayasugi, 21. Fearless, 26. Uh, Kiriyanagi at 34. Stay Focus, 34. So, yeah, they're not sort of the $11 um, Lady of Camelot uh, and $21 Hayasugi. So they've certainly got Lady of Camelot ahead in the market with Bet365 for the Slipper. Gentlemen, we might take a break. When we come back... On the other side of this, we've still got Campionessa, Revolutionary Miss, and the rest of the Caulfield card to look at. We'll turn our attention to Rose Hill, also a we'll look at Morfordville, and we might want to touch on a race of a horse that, well, its name was really hard to pronounce. It ran at Canterbury, uh, and we'll talk about that on the other side of this. Dean Watling, plenty more to come on uh, the weekend, re- uh, weekend review, the Monday breakdown, should I say. Miles Fitz and the Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis, back right after these news headlines.
0: Campionessa's getting through. Then Val and Declare, Foxy Cleopatra, and Gold Trip starting to launch. Unusual culture at the 200. Campionessa trying to pick it up from Val and Clare and Gold Trip late. Campionessa, 100 to go. Val and sticking with her. Val and Declare and Campionessa. It's a head bobber. Campionessa.
2: One for Valen the punters there okay. in the Peter Young over the 1800. Campionessa for the Walker team, and Mickey D uh, snosing out Val and Declare and Gold Trip. Uh Mitchie Lewis, I'll start with you on this one. Um geez, I, I thought I thought the old boy vow de was going to pinch it. I thought he was going to pinch it.
1: Yeah, he's uh, we, uh, me and Dino were just talking about him off the air. He's very underrated in the type, isn't he? That we he's been potted for so long after he won that Melbourne Cup, but he geezy he puts in some bites, doesn't he? He never really likes to give up. So yeah, I thought he was going to win as well. You know, he he's obviously that resuming like that's impressive and same for gold trip they were both really really impressive i've got question marks on Campionessa now i don't really know where you'd go given you've sort of had a you know fitness under your belt and you've nearly got run down by those other two so up in trip obviously is going to suit other horses more i just i'd be interested to see what the target is now that you're over here in australia do
2: you know your thoughts on the race i mean everyone's going to talk about um uh, gold Trip and Val and Declare. I know it was the first thing I said post-race where I went, oh, boy, like this is what we want. This is what mm. we want. We want a couple of genuine middle-distance stars back. I mean, Australian Cups, probably you'd probably think that it'd be May on the 30th of March. So what's that, a month away? Um, uh, I think in the market with Bet365, you've got Campionessa $11. Um, gold Trip $7.50. Uh, vow and declare at $17. It's shaping up to be a pretty good race. So, But but first of all, yeah, w- how did you see it? Were you with Campionessa?
3: Yeah, I was with it uh, in the sense of you've got to understand these races, who's there to win, who's not there to win, who has bigger targets. And you look at the profile of Campanessa, and it ran two weeks ago. It's got fitness on its side. Yes, I come over here, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it was the horse there as well as Foxy Cleopatra, who probably aren't the best horses on paper, um, but they're there with fitness edge over the probably the two star horses Viana Clare and Gold Trip. Gum comes out on top, but like to referenced, I think moving forward you could not be in the corner of Campanessa if they met again. I think it's a lovely setup for those two horses Viana Clare and Gold Trip to move forward. They've gone slow to the 600 meters and it's been a sprint home. Which if you're talking about a perfect setup run for the rest of preparation, that's it. The last thing you'd want is a horse being blown up first up, have to chase a long way out. So I really love that setup. I thought Gold Trip was outstanding. Um, I thought he was going to win at the top of the turn. Sort of moved into it beautifully, yeah. and that's all we want to see with him. You just want to see his stride, you want to see his action. Um, and he's, he's a funny horse, he's hard to get a guide on. Same with found Clare, but uh, like Mitchy mentioned, the two horses who have that will to win that uh, a lot of horses don't.
2: Uh, it, it will be an interesting Australian Cup with Brightside probably going there pre the Queen Elizabeth. So, Brightside three dollars with bet 365, Gold Trip seven dollars 50, Riff Rocket. I mean, from what we've seen from that horse, $7.50, Legato at $9, Campion Esra at 11s, tissue 13, Fangirl, 13, Pride of Jenny, 13, Zaki, 13, Buckaroo, Douay and Just Fine, Militarised, Tom Kitten, Vow and Declare All at 17. And then you've got horses sort of uh, cascading. Kovalika, Pericles, uh, a few like this. But that's shaping up to be one of the races of the autumn. Yeah, if they all turn up, it definitely will be. I think the setup for them will be interesting, Mitchy. We see
3: probably. I know the Hayes camp were really keen on Loft pre-race. What do we do with Foxy Cleopatra? But I think you make a good point, Milo. These good horses are back and they're in form, and that just gets you a little bit more excited for the Autumn Carnival.
2: Mitchy, any thoughts on the Oz Cup on the lead-up out, or uh, or
1: more on the pedigree? Well, I just thought, yeah, Gold Trip. You know, sitting around that eight-dollar mark. Gee, if he goes there, you'd think he'd shorten right up, like. After what we've just seen, he answered questions for good track. We know he can do it on a soft track. Second up, 2,000 metres. And I'm assuming after that, he'd go third up into the Sydney Cup. So I don't mind that setup for him this far out, really. And then, yeah, Foxy Cleopatra, Dino, just touched on as well. I'm not sure what to do with her either. Mm, the market was with her. They come with it, like, they backed her late. And then I thought she had a really good setup to be able to sort of pinch this race that might be slightly above her level. Those horses are obviously rate much higher than her, but. Yeah, just she never really got going. To, like, just got caught flat-footed. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to watch the replay again. But um, she just never really looked in at it at all.
2: Let's turn our attention to the mannerism. Here's what happened in race number 10.
0: Revolutionary miss at the 150 took over from running by rope to Arataki, then Forbidden City. Revolutionary miss going well. The mayor in form and revolutionary miss won it from running by Vagrant Photo Four.
2: Return. Really flagrant. remember this part of the day. By the time I got to this race, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I managed to tip the winner. Oh, I think we had the first three of the trifecta in our group, but I don't remember leaving with any money. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure really what happened here. If one of you guys want to talk about it, <laughs> oh, you make me laugh, Molly. Good oh.
3: race. Revolutionary um, know, miss, just a horse in form, Mare's in form. I often hold that form. She got a beautiful ride from uh, Mickey D outside the leader. Smaller field. Uh, the race overall's rate really well um on my stuff mitchy where do we go from here i'm not too sure what did you make of vagrant i know you liked it on um thursday mitchy
1: yeah i i was sort of you know it's easy when you do the form on wednesday night and then you put it out there thursday i was concerned barrier one for its running style they settled a little bit more forwards i sort of thought vagrant had every chance i was impressed by running by um i think we also touched on that you know, you've got to forgive some of these horses for one run every now and then. And she was flying as well. So I think there's mm. a few, like you said, the race rated quite well. I think oh, you could probably follow Vagrant. I'll be keen to see where running by goes next. And then, geez, outside of that, it thins out pretty quick, doesn't oh, it? I, 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 think, I think there's a few in that race so that you
2: can. I, I mean, I, Vagrant, Eternal Flame's been thereabouts and heavily supported for some time. But I think this race will actually end up setting up. Um, for some horses going forward, I think this is a race that we can we can keep an eye on. I know it's only a Group Three here over the fourteen hundred, but I think this race is probably a race that that might have a few winners come out of it. Oh, did you not see it like that, or was was on my own? Uh, I just think it's a, a limited group
3: three in the sense that it probably just gets harder from here. I think the hardest thing is I probably don't want to follow nothing out of it from now, but if they turn up in the right setup next start, I think you can definitely trust his form. I think the race rated really well, but it's hard to forecast where they're going to go to. Revolutionary Miss is now deep into a preparation. Does she have upside? I doubt it, but if she can hold a form, she can knock off a race like this. I just think on paper, Mitchy is probably not a vintage group three for me.
1: Again, Miles, I think there's a couple that you could maybe follow over to the Sangster because, uh, you know, I was talking to Dino after you, we know more that, you know, that Sangster for the three and the four year olds, it's an easy one that some of these horses can target. So your, your shuffle dancer or your running buys that can are still eligible for that race it, Sets up nice for a horse, say, running by, who might draw a barrier four, five, or six, got enough speed. That's sort of where I'm looking as potentially some of them could go. Maybe I was just a little biased because it was, I think, probably the only winner I found at Caulfield for the entire day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You would have found Mr Brightside. Oh, yeah, look. Yeah, no, geez, great tip. Great tip on Brightside. (laughs) Let's turn our attention. I want to... uh, before we get – no, we, we, we will. We'll start on Rose Hill. I, I want to go straight to the silver slipper stakes. Um, superb with Dino. This is where I, I did have a bit of a crack. I know you had a crack. I know Tommy Haylock had a crack. We're all keen on straight charge. Here's what happened in the silver slipper.
0: Straight charge is charging to the wire and off to the golden slipper. Straight charge, all the way from the Stopia made Espionage, who was really chipping in late, pulled the margin back to a length. Erno's Cuba clear third, then Embassy Celerity.
2: Yeah, oh, I thought it was a super win. Um, how, how did you have it, Dino? This is your neck of the woods and you're all over it. Yep, I love the win. I love the horse. I
3: think the top two are easily the two horses to take out of the race. Uh, I know we're keen pre-race, and I was even keener after 50 metres when Embassy missed the kick. I just thought, oh, we're going to get it all on our own, which it did. Interesting to see Espinage sort of could have led the race. But handed Natch up, didn't decided, it? Yeah, handed up, and it sort of didn't like it over race, and it led in its previous trial prior to that. So uh, that was very interesting. Loved the ride by Tim Clark. He didn't really mind where he was. He sort of slipped up. Didn't come across, stuck to the better lanes and angled off the turn and got to the best lanes in the straight. Is there much between them? Probably not. I think Espinage ran the third fastest last 200 in the entire meeting. So if you flip the script and have Espinage in front of Straight Charge in the run, do they turn the tables? I'm not sure. Um, I think it was Straight Charge's race, but moving forward, I think Espinage might turn out to be the better horse. I think he just his wheels look like he spun a little bit on that sort of sticky wet track as well. So maybe back to a firmer track, we'll see that horse improve. But I think two proper
1: colts moving forward out of the um, silver slipper. Did you catch a silver slipper, Mitchie? Yeah, I didn't have too much to add. I thought Embassy was a good each-way chance, but missed the kicks. So money was confetti straight away. And then straight charge, you know, just add it to the Waterhouse bot team that we're going to see in the slipper. <laughs> it's like, mm. yeah, I, I was talking to Dino before as well. It's it, it's going to be such an interesting slipper to map because there's going to be tempo galore. <laughs> yeah. it's, Which it, are all from the one stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Very much>. yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like draw the short straw, isn't it? help.
3: Maybe that's what they'll think of him Espinage. Obviously he's a horse who won the, he won the breeders on debut beating straight charge, um, coming from off the speed. So maybe they'll teach him that. Uh, but I think we spoke about this on Thursday. It was a race that you got to understand which is the horse better suited Espionage might be the better horse long-term, but you've got to figure out who's going to win the race on the day. And I think that's uh, the way the race turned out. And the market loved him as well.
2: Before we get to the Millie Fox and the Hobartville, we're going to jump to a quick break. We'll come back. We'll also talk about the Lord Reams. Uh, and Gatsby at Canterbury. We'll talk about it on the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, the great Gatsby. Uh, uh, also horses to follow from the meeting over the next sort of 15 to 25 minutes. This is Giddy Up and the Monday Breakdown. Miles Fitzer are two of the best in the business, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. You can go to Form Guide Breakdowns or DeanWatling.com to go follow these two boys. We'll be back right after this.
0: It's Zoo Gotcha on the outside of Lady Laguna. Zoo Gotcha ahead in front of Lady Laguna. Clear from Madame Pomery. It's Zoo Gotcha. Blocking gotcha. down the lady, yep, got her all right. Zoo gotcha, ran down the favourite Lady Laguna. Welcome back no, to the Monday breakdown.
2: The... Miles Fitzner, yes. Dean Watling, Mitch Lewis, Zoo gotcha, winning the Millie Fox. Dean Watling stalked, uh, and just whooshed past Lady Laguna like I was standing still.
3: Yep, pounced a terrific ride by J Mac. Um, I think if Tyler Schiller probably had his time back, he would ride Lady at Laguna a little bit different. He sort of he let up fine. That was all good. But then he got to the straight and he sort of hugged the inside, which we knew was clearly off by race seven. I think Lane's five plus were the key. When you go look at back at straight charge, uh, straight charges ride where he sort of got to the middle part of the truck. And then if he goes there, Lady Laguna maybe holds on, but terrific ride by J Mac. It was an absolute peach stalk, pounced and won the race. Um, They've gone really slowly to the 600 meter mark, which has probably set it up for those two to fight it out. The runs in behind Mount of Pomeroy, Vienna Princess was really good, so I think it's a race that don't look too much into their performances. Maybe look next start with a higher pressure race. I think they'll stand up. And the late money for Vienna Princess is what caught my eye. They really liked her in the market late, so that's probably one to follow out of the race. But yeah, really good from Zugotcha back to 300 meters. Not trained as an Everest horse, and we see the best of her.
2: Um just capped off a couple of good races in a row for me. Ran second there and then managed to run second with NCAP with Celestial Legend going bang in the Hobartville. Here's what happened.
0: Celestial Legend's out now. And here he comes. Celestial Legend moved up, took the lead in the Hobartville stakes, and he's starting to draw away. It's been a long time between drinks for Lesbridge, but that's his second Hobartville beating NCAP. Yeah, it wasn't and a long
2: Laten time between Peter. drinks for me either. <laughs> <I don't> know? <laughs> <laughs> almost straight to the bar to get another one
3: <laughs> well we need to get someone that stands out in front of Rose Hill and Randwick and tells us when Lesbridge is on course because more often than not when he turns up on race day or turns up to the track his horses win so he turned up there and I love him as a trainer I love his post-race interviews he's, he's nice and frank and to the point but um I think we've all been waiting for Celestial Legend to do this he's always sort of touted that form. he's a little bit playing first up but he rocketed um, he is second up, and I don't think any horse in the race can probably turn the tails on him next start. Tom Kitten maybe, but he's becoming really, really frustrating for me. I think the only time I'll back Tom Kitten in the future is where I see a tactics change, where they're going to use him up. I think he's probably not a horse that can get back and run on, especially on a wet track. Um, we saw his booming wind before Spell when he was up on speed. Maybe he just needs 2,000 metres this prep. Maybe he's dower, and maybe he needs a dry track, but I thought he was probably... His run was a pass, Mark, but I think the winner's the only one you can take out of this, Mitchy.
1: Yeah, no, I, that's what I was going to say as well. I thought Celestio Edgen showed he's probably got more more upside considering how lightly raced he is. And yeah, Tom Kitten, look, I was with Tom Kitten. I was reasonably keen and I just thought he thought it looked a little bit flat. I thought he got out mm. good enough and then ended up midfield and then just never really got going. Whether or not that was the track or not, I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, you've covered this race pretty well, Dana. Is Tom Kitten giving kin vibes? Um,
3: it's interesting. Uh, I don't think so. I think he's a really good horse. I just think he maybe be a horse that some horses can win 12, 14, 16, 2000 meters. I think he maybe just be a horse that's going to be at his optimum when he gets to his 2000 meter setup where he can go on speed. He can use that big stride of his to get out. I just think on the weekend that just wasn't the right setup. Um, wet track, sticky, his big stride, he's a big horse. Uh, maybe we overplayed him. Um, I still like him as a horse, but I think I need the tactics changed before I back in again.
2: Uh, get your text in 0499736736 or some questions via SEM Talk. The new way you can talk to us, just jump on the app, push the talk button and get your questions through. We'll answer your texts on the other side of this. We'll talk about the Lord Reams in SA, horses to follow. I've got the boys for another 15 minutes. Let's use them up. Um, news time, 9 o'clock, back right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to Giddy Up, 9.04am, the Monday Breakdown. Miles Fitz and the Dean Watling, Mitch Lewis, text machine firing up. We'd love to hear from you. 0499 736 736. Uh, If Sharippa didn't have to settle last and was able to get a good run, it would have bolted over the top, and the late section will show that. I think it's currently a good bet at a big price in the new market. Your thoughts?
1: I'll start with you, Mitch? Yeah, the only thing I've got on that is that the fact that he missed the kick and he didn't get caught up in the early tempo. He's had enough in the tank to be able to flash late. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not sure about the new marker. I think they'll come back and float. I'm still floating the idea that um, one of these Oxlade horses, somebody in WA should offer him a Quaker slot. But I would imagine maybe Sharipper has a freshen up now and they'll target the Goodwood. Um, do you know?
3: Yep, uh, terrific run. I think it's a different setup, though, uh, going to a new market. What I would say is the positive is uh, her form, her win there down the straight. I think that probably suits her compared to Caulfield. Maybe that's what they learn out of But I go, with Michi, I think probably that rung below is her setup at the minute.
2: Not bad from Cooper. I always question that when you're talking about horses in the run, if there's more than one if, you don't worry about it. So if it didn't settle last and if it had a good run, it would have bolted over the top, right? I don't mind that. Yeah, so if there's more than one if you normally if it got out it wins, like you can have go with one. But if there are two ifs <laughs> if there are two ifs, yeah. If just, it was faster, yeah, if, if, it, if led. it if it wasn't as slow, uh, and if it was a little <laughs> bit better horse and if it was a little bit weaker race, it would have won the race. <laughs> there's no other horses around it. Because I'm sending like Tom Haylock here with a few ifs, aren't I? Um especially yeah. after the other weekend. Um Tom if Haylock Hey, uh, Milo, do you really think a two kilo weight difference over six furlongs really makes a difference? I doubt it. It's a good question. Um, but, well, the results would show that it maybe did, but whether or not they're just better. But weight does make it. I know it's only a shorter distance, but weight's still weight. Do you know? It is.
3: Yeah. Well, it, well, they wouldn't do it if it didn't make a difference. So I think that uh, – There'd be no point. Physics, but It'll be the same weight. Exactly. Um, so it obviously makes a difference. Um But that's probably out of my league to discuss all that sort of stuff. i just try to find the winner of the race.
2: Hi, guys. I agree with Dean about Fearless. Does the team think it's likely that they dodge the slipper and wait for the size and the champagne? Great show. Dave in Frankston South. Dino? Yep. Good question.
3: Uh, I think they might go to – he's only had two runs. So he was obviously first up. um, I think it was in the Piero when he ran second to Proust. He probably could have beat that horse. He's a really lightly framed horse, which is the only concern for me. Um, I'd have to look at his breeding and suggest which way he'd go in regards to 14 1,600 metres. But I like him as a horse. I think he might be a really nice three-year-old. Is he going to be a two-year-old? Um, we'll wait and see. But, yep, Dave from Frankston, I think he's a nice horse we can follow.
2: Um, and will King Colorado win the Guineas? Uh, Mitchie? Mm.
1: Oh, uh, i would have to have a look. I'll yeah. have to
2: have a look. Um, it's sort of hard one when you get dropped in. <laughs> it's currently five dollars. Yeah. Riff Rocket's going to be a two seventy five favourite with Bet three six five V eight six fifty. For yeah, Dad nine dollars. Yeah. Snow Patrol eleven. I mean, I haven't looked ahead here yet. Um, Tough question for a Monday morning, hey, Mitchy.
1: Yeah, that's. No, I'm looking at it now. I mean, yeah, he's a chance. I was slightly disappointed. Off his bol- run last time. Um, geez, Riff Rocket though. Looked scary last start, oh. so uh, yeah, enough to mm. see barriers and et cetera. I wouldn't be having a futures play at that price, I should say that. I'd be waiting for the day. Oh, I think he's got uh, he's got Group 1
2: written all over him somewhere. It was a horse to follow for me uh, through the carnival. Steve Cleave um, said, if my auntie had balls, she would have been my uncle. Spot on, Milo. <laughs> 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 bit of
3: Monday wisdom, I like that. Yeah,
2: what's what was that Italian chef on the cooking show? You um, you know, if my grandmother um, had a wheel, she would have be been bike. a bike. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, that is the
2: best. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, there are a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs yeah. in horse racing. Let's um, let's turn our attention to uh, I want your horses to follow. So, uh, Mitchie, I'll start with you for your horses to follow out of either
1: you know, Morfordville, Caulfield, Rose Hill, wherever you want to go. Uh, well. Yeah, we were going to mention it. Uh so the Lord Reams, I'm gonna follow the map to the Adelaide Cup. I thought that was a huge run by the map. Uh went went back, uh, had no choice but to come out wide. It was, you know, eight wide, nine wide coming around the bend. Uh, just quite, couldn't pull in Yellow Brick Road, who was well found by our mate Heath Shaw. Um it was I just too. up in distance, third up. She'll peek into that. She's the best local, I think, for a while going towards an Adelaide Cup. Um, there was one out of Friday night, though, the Tawny Cup. That's another lead up for the Adelaide one. Old mate Ahmad, uh, that was an unbelievable run by him. He's going to be well suited there. And then at Caulfield, I thought Sana was always going to improve off that run. I think up a little bit more in trip and probably you could take Autumn Angel out of that race as well. Those two fillies have a little bit more to give um, up in trip, I'd say. Dino, your horses to follow.
3: Uh, I thought Faulkner Park and Canberra Legend, really nice kick-off run, probably weren't suited by the race shape and obviously need further. I think Omni Man was an interesting one. Poor first star, but he doesn't go on a wet track. I thought he's terrific behind red card. I think third up, back on a dry surface, that horse would be winning. And the two out of Friday night, Gatsby and Rosalind Starr, they are well and truly above average two-year-olds, and I think they'll go on to
2: some better things, Marlon. Well, here's what happened at Canterbury.
0: Gatsby's, he's a half length away. He's getting there, stride by stride, he gets up to Roslyn Star, hit the front, and it's Gatsby's, a great debut. Beat it's, Roslyn Star. Don't know how Her Garrett does it
2: with you, Blokes. I had the audio for Gatsby's to throw to what I've had. The audio for Yellow Brick Road in the Lord Reams, and you've cut to that as well. You just Doing a, doing a number on me. Here's what happened. You know what? We're going to play it anyway. Here's what happened in the Lord. Here's what happened in the Lord Reams at Morfordville. Jackos. Here comes blood the map. Sweat. Then
0: unusual pearl. It's in front. Yellow brick road. hustler War lays up. hustler War. Yellow brick road. The maps joining in. Then Rapino. Yellow brick road won't surrender. hustler War. The map wider out, but it's yellow brick road for the Lord Reams. Three quarters to the map and Hustelar Sorry, War. Sorry, Mitch
2: Lewis. Horses to follow out of Morfordville. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm still picking myself off the floor again for that run on the mat like geez, she was my best of the day and i'm just geez, she was brave She brave and um gatsby's is there, is there a ceiling on gatsby's
2: i know you've got a big opinion here do you know
3: yeah it's hard to do any first preparations. as a two-year-old that's my only concern um but i think he's well and truly uh, above average i think the second horse probably goes as good if not better um I had to cross get Seven lengths back to second. If you backed it, um, it was not the ideal start. But I think those two can progress. Maybe knock off a lesser two-odd race, uh, maybe, Milo, or target up. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, uh, maybe a race back into the program for two-year-olds put away, or maybe even JJ Atkins horses.
2: Um, someone texted and said, Live to Tell needs to give its Quokka spot back. I'm not sure if you saw <laughs> Live to Tell over there. It's in Dublin. W- uh Wow. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we'll be seeing a few... So to come into that, speaking of the Quacker Amelia's Jules still your $4 favourite, overpass $5, King of Sparta five fifty, dollars 50 $6 with Oscar's fortune, a ripcord 8 and 10 with bet 365. Um, Mitchy, what should I be asking
1: Shane Oxlade in about five or eight minutes' time? Yes, just ask him what else he's got in the stable. I know that, uh, remember that Nasho, that was another one that was handy as well. Oh, I Actually, could you ask him if they've had any sniffs for the quokka? I, I've said it for a little while now. They're the two hardy geldings that I reckon could handle a trip and get over there that'd be pretty well suited in that race. I'd be interested if anyone's reached out and I might just be like a tin tinfoil hat guy that's making this up, but I reckon they look well suited in those races. Yeah, well, Dino, he lives in Sydney, um, the home of tinfall hat wearers. Dino, yeah.
2: <laughs> especially in those suburbs where you're kicking around.
1: Bondi
2: yeah. <laughs> to Bronte. Yeah, the, on that Bondi to Bronte walk in, there. have got to wear sunglasses and that many tinfall hats through there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You'd fit right in, Milo. You'd love it. Anything
2: anything oh. for Wayne Hawkes later on, boys, since I've, um, I'm sort of, I haven't really done much prep with Wayne oh, for the means test? Is there anything out of the weekend that – that really caught your eyes. Something you want to touch on? I know that people are bringing up a little bit of the whipperl stuff uh, yesterday. No, I bring that up. Yesterday morning, um, there's no real. There was no real contentious ride or anything to come out of the weekend, or no significant better punch. No, nah, no Johnny O. I'm going to miss yeah, Johnny O. I o you could it's ask him about
1: Spywire. Be interested to see what he thought there. It's mm.
2: just Waino um, and Fitzner head to head in the studio.
1: Jeez. I don't know who would win that. <laughs> well, in regards- I'm trying to think. I don't think there's much for a big old wainer. So he, and he won't want to listen to us anyway. He, we're just the yeah. minions compared to him. What do you mean, Dean? <laughs> what do you mean, win that? Like what? In a wrestle? Yeah, in a wrestle.
2: Oh, it's, I, th- I, yeah, I don't know. I reckon he could have me covered in a wrestle. Yeah, I'm not sure. i would probably have me no. covered in the red wine department too, I think, too. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, appreciate your time, as always, for the Monday Breakdown. If I got either of you a little bit later for a bag of tips, no not this morning. Uh, Appreciate your time. As always, you two are the best in the business. Both of you are airborne. You're definitely well taught, well mentored um, by a couple of, uh, (laughs) a couple of superstar blokes, but uh, Mitchie Lewis, Dean Watling, appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. Good Uh, fun. Have a good day. That was the Monday breakdown. Go to DeanWatling.com for all of Dean's latest. FormguideBreakdowns.com for all of Mitchie Lewis's. They are two of the genuine best in the game. Those two young men.